Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SWAT radio program here on Friday, September 16th. David Gray and Brad Sykes coming to you live from the Salem Center in Jacksonville, Florida. I sound like Brent Musburger or uh, Keith Jackson or something. Well, you are looking, Brent Musburger always said, you are looking live at whatever venue he was at. But we are live at the Salem Center, and Doug is off today. I think going forward, Brad, uh, Doug is going to plan to try to take well-deserved Fridays off, and you and I may be here somewhat often on Fridays, but uh, as always, it's good to be here with you. Well, brother, that is the plan, and uh, yes, this is one exciting studio today. Um, You know, uh, so thankful. I told Doug yesterday, he he called in after the program uh, where I interviewed Tim McKenzie here from On Every Word. And I was just telling Doug, Doug, I'm, you know, I've known Doug for years. I mean, 20 over almost 25 years. You've known him for a long time. He is mission driven. You know, he is, man, he is on mission. Uh, I even asked him the other day, you know, when you get in a setting, do you just, it, 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 just the teacher automatically comes out in you, doesn't it, Doug? He, he started laughing. Yeah. He said, man, you need a day off. I mean, you genuinely need a day off yep. and uh you know because guys like doug I-, I can be that way sometimes where i'm ready to teach whenever yeah but if you teach monday through friday and then saturday you know i don't know what there's not a lot going on although doug from time to time will go speak at various locations then you you know you may be teaching on sunday yeah you know do you have a day yeah. Or just you and Lori can just enjoy one another. Yeah, well, I know that that's what he, he mentioned that, that he was going to try to make Friday kind of a date day and uh, try to have he and Lori do some things on Fridays. So Yeah, so, yeah, so he leaves it to you and me, you know. <laughs> that's all right. Friday's a good day to, to be in here, and uh, and and I, I liked what we did last week, and hopefully the listeners liked it, which was kind of modeling uh, going through a passage of Scripture and looking at, you know, a few simple questions yes. that can help guide us and teach us as we go through these passages. So hopefully we can uh, do that on a semi-regular basis and that'll well, that's, be a, that'll that's be a benefit. Yeah. yeah, that's the plan. And, and same, I, I got a, I got a number of good texts, got a few emails that said, really enjoyed that uh, just as a, a maybe a, not a break, but just something, something different, right, a little yeah. unique yeah. format Because the reality is we know, I mean, we've been commanded in Scripture to go make disciples. What does that look like? A lot of people think that looks like inviting your neighbor to church. It can be that, but it's very that's, to me, very limited. The idea is that we would go to church, that we would be equipped in church, that we would be built up. That is what it says, that it, it is for the equipping of the saints so that we'll go out and make disciples. Yeah. And uh, the church, uh, as strange as this may sound to some people, the church is for the saints. Yeah, It's not for the lost. It doesn't mean lost people don't come in there. In fact, right. We're it, not discouraging <laughs> anyone from inviting their friend to church. But yeah. to your point, maybe you, you invite them to church and then you have the opportunity, having been there, to say, hey, why don't we talk about what was taught? Yeah. Or let's go through well, the passage and and. and as as Doug's guest last week, Tommy Nelson said, 
uh, in most churches, if the rapture happened, there'd be plenty of people to turn out the lights. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> so, that's a that's a sobering line. It is. It yeah. is. And uh, you know, by the way, I want to just quickly uh, point some people toward my guest yesterday, and uh, the website is on every word.com you david i know you're familiar with matthew 4 4 where jesus says uh, man cannot live on bread alone but what on every word. word that comes from the mouth of god and so tim mckenzie was my guest yesterday and we just had a great time i didn't tell people right up front that tim was my brother-in-law i had to give this great intro of this guy and uh it'd be like you doing an intro for me you wouldn't tell him you were my best, you know, one of my best friends, but, <laughs> but it was so great having Tim on. And I was just sharing with you before we came on the air that I had called him yesterday morning after our uh, SWAT Bible study. I'm heading back toward my house in my car. And uh, I called him just to kind of give him a heads up on kind of what we're going to do during the, during the broadcast yesterday. And, uh, he was sharing with me about how he had uh, been teaching his small group. And I don't know how many people are in the small group, but they basically uh, each take a week and they're going through Psalms. So it'd be like me saying, hey, David, uh, we're teaching out of Psalms. Pick a Psalm and teach on it. And so this week, Tim had taught on Psalm 1. And so I'm in the car driving back from the Bible study, and he's sharing with me what he kind of pulled out of that text. And... Uh, Wow. I, I literally, I kind of had one plan for our interview. And then after he shared that with me, I said, no, I want you to share that. Yeah. And so if you miss that broadcast, I, I really want to encourage you, even if, if it's just for the third segment, third or fourth segment. And here's what I just want to tell you. Okay. So one of the things you and I are going to do today and the whole, you know, one of the aspects of discipleship is that so Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, two the things you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust of faithful men who will teach others also. We talked about that last week. Four, four generations. <coughs> Excuse me. When we hear the word of God preached or taught, <clears throat> how many of us take that message, consume it like food, and then share it with others mm. now there's many a times where i've walked out of church you may have as well where you go man that was a powerful message really convicting really got to me but we don't go and share that with some someone else right and so as tim kind of basically tells me his lesson in the car i said you got to share that well and now i want to share it I've, i have literally shared this with two or three people a verse, a you know, a Psalm one. Most of us are familiar with it. Uh, you know, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the, sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight, and he, he zeroed in on that word delight. His delight is in the law of the Lord. It doesn't say his duty is in the law of the Lord. It doesn't say his discipline is in the law of the Lord. While both of those may be good, but he says his delight. It means he just. He just hungers for it. He just, it's like a good piece of cheesecake or apple pie and ice cream. He just delights in it. And uh, you, you wonder, as you're reading Scripture, as you go to God's Word, be it in the morning, night, lunch, whatever time you do that, do you delight in it? Yeah. Or is it just duty? Is it a discipline? Yeah. 
I would I would suggest that perhaps duty and discipline have a part on the way to delight. Mm-hmm. And what I mm-hmm. mean by that is, let's face it, there are days when I sit down in the morning and my mind is on a million things. Sure. Especially sure. if I've got a tough day at work or if I've got stuff going on outside in my family or whatever it is. And I might sit down and 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 not feel delighted. And and I think that's a key, right, for scripture and for what the Bible when the Bible talks about joy and delight and uses words like that, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we're always going to have those surface emotions mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. But it means we have a deep-seated inner delight or joy. And so I guess my point is that there are days when I have sat down because I felt more that I was doing it out of discipline or duty, but but the more I do that and the more I repeat being in the Word, the more delighted I am in the Word. So I, I, I guess that's what I'm getting at is that don't – I heard someone say once, don't let your emotions, don't let how you feel dictate what you do, right, but, but yes. how you act. Yes. But, but do things out of knowing that they're the right thing to do, that, they're, that they will be beneficial. It's like – Think about working out, right? <laughs> if we only worked out every time we felt like it, we never would. Yes. Or most of the time we wouldn't. But the more you do it and the more you see result, the results of it, then the more it becomes enjoyable. Yes. Right? And I and I and I and I and again I'm not suggesting that scripture is just up to a certain point, duty and discipline. But there are some days where it's like that. And the fact that yeah. we're being faithful to do it, even when we don't "quote unquote" feel like it, that helps us delight. Yeah, absolutely. I so, sorry, I, that was a long way no, to go. To say no, that. and I think that I think you're right on. You're right on. And I was telling Tim this yesterday. I said it's it's kind of like a runner. If you've ever been a runner well, for uh, about I, 15 minutes of my life, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I, there are probably runners who are tuned in listening, and, and people who are what I would classify, you know, quote runners. Uh, they delight in running. Yes, agreed. Now, to get to that point, there probably was some discipline. Do you remember the movie, uh, 1981 classic movie, Chariots of Fire? Sure. Okay, well, Scotland, Scotland's Eric Liddell said this, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. Mm. And I, I, it kind right. of brings to light that idea that when we're in God's Word, God designed us, he created us to be in, in relationship with him, and how are we in relationship with him? Well, we get to know him. We get to know him by being in his word. Right. And uh, right. Tim, Tim actually used the the reference to uh, a, a love letter. You and I are old enough to have received love letters from our wives at some point. And when I would open those letters, Vicky would always put a little perfume on the sticky part. And I'd just smell that stuff. Yeah. And then when I'd open it, man, I would just devour that letter. I bet you can still smell that. In, oh, in yeah. Your mind. Every I'm once sure in a while, she'll wear yeah. a perfume. I'm like, ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that brings back good, yeah. good memories. I know we're going to take a break here in a minute. When we come back, I want to touch on one other thing out of that Psalm 1 passage sure. that really convicted me. Sure. I know you have one of your uh, good news stories to go over as well so we'll get to that when we come back glad you're with us on SWAT radio david gray and brad sykes 
in on a Friday, and uh, we're happy to have a call from you at 844-777-7928, and we will be back after this break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I'll never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me Welcome back to SWAT Radio. David Gray and Brad Sykes coming to you from the Salem Center here in Jacksonville. I'm just shaking my head, man. That's yeah, some good I stuff. Know, that is some, <laughs> we have so many good songs uh, during the breaks. Sometimes it's uh, we've joked that we'd like to just leave it going. Actually, it's not a joke. We'd like to just leave the music going sometimes. But anyway, uh, Brad and I are, are glad to be with you and talking a little bit about Brad was – relaying about his conversation with his uh, brother-in-law, Tim, yesterday, who uh, has the ministry is on every word. Did I get that right? You got that right. And uh, Brad was talking specifically about uh, just Psalm 1, verse 2, and all that's in that. Well, I want to continue. So it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. It's it's not our duty. It's not a discipline. Even though you're right, you're absolutely right regarding getting to the point where you delight in it is where you, I think the more time you spend in the Word of God, the more dependent you are. Yep. You know, his His Word is like a light unto our path. I love that text. Um, it, it gives us, it illuminates, it shows us how to walk. Uh, what is it? Someone said, I, I just want to hear from God. Read the Bible out yeah. loud. Right. Right? Right. <laughs> but it goes on in that one verse, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And Tim was sharing that one of the guys in his Bible study said, well, that's not possible. I mean, how is that even possible that you could meditate on the law of the Lord day and night? And so he went deep into that word meditate, Mm. and it really has – kind of a dual meaning it it, well not a dual meaning but it's it has a good side and a bad side because what it means is that you're thinking about it continuously it doesn't mean you can't do your job necessarily 
but imagine that uh, – I don't want to say your wife, but just imagine – maybe it's me. Maybe I maybe I said something to you that really, really offended you. And you didn't say anything to me, but you walked out. And it just got in you. It got in your crawl. And you just you – just, man, you just stewed on it. You've been there, right? Sure. Yeah, all of us have, right? Um, where we've been felt like we did, we were done wrong and what, ha- or, Hey, listen, and part of this came out of Tim and I talking about the, just the, um, we're, we're inundated with data. We're inundated with news and information. You know, you remember the days when we only had three TV stations? Yeah. Okay. Well, and we read one newspaper. Exactly. You know, you got 24 hour media from a hundred different news channels and maybe more. So we're constantly. And listen, if you tune into a lot of the stuff, it'll get you worked up. No doubt about it. And you will stew on that. That idea, the meditate, is stewing. Mm. So think about, and this was kind of what I came away with, is am I stewing over God's word or am I stewing over, you know, whatever such and such has done to me, yeah. you know? And it would just like, I mean, I could just stop right there, although he continued to talk about uh, being like a tree that's planted by streams of water, that idea, the planted is actually, it means transplanted, mm. that we have been planted there. Anyway, I'll, enough of that. But yeah, those, well, no, the, but that's really good what you said about meditating because I think that's, hopefully that's helpful for listeners because it's really helpful for me. I think most people probably, even, even long-time believers, mm-hmm, probably struggle mm-hmm. with this idea, well, how do I meditate? day and night. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think most of us, I speak for myself, right? I might sit down in the morning and, and have a time in God's word and pray and, and ask God to kind of get that word into me and change me through it. But then, you know, the day starts and work starts and you don't really think about it again. And I think that, that, and I, and, and you know, I've sat there before in the morning and thought, okay, I want to, I want to meditate for a bit on mm-hmm. what I just read. And yep. so I might try to sit for, I don't know, five or 10 minutes after I read it and just think about what I read and, you know, listen for God's totally. voice. And, but, but then that might be the extent mm-hmm. of it. So mm-hmm. that idea that maybe, maybe, you know, we can come up with some little tools to help us with that, right? Just to, and that's where I find writing down a key verse, right? right. On an index card <clears throat> or something like that right. and throwing it on my desk. And just saying, okay, it's the middle of the morning and I'm going nuts with something for work. And all of a sudden I see that verse that's going to help me recall what I read and and stew on it, as you put it. Well, and this was something I I share. Listen, all of us have been there. We've all been in the middle of our sleep and then we've been woken up. Maybe something woke you up. What is your discipline when you wake up or when you can't go back to sleep? What is it that's keeping you from going back to sleep? I was sharing this yesterday, and uh, I'm so thankful uh, that Vicki, my wife, loves to read the Word together with me, but we've gotten in the kind of discipline, if you will, of memorizing the the Scriptures. We're in the middle of uh, memorizing Colossians 3, thanks to my good brother Brian Doyle, who challenged me because we were talking about memorizing Scripture. And so Vicki and I, every morning, are reciting verses back to each other. I find myself, I'll wake up in the middle of the night, reciting that verse mm. or you know those that yeah. passage yeah. uh and to your point you know there throughout scripture i mean first thessalonians 5 16 17 and 18 i've told people 
You want to memorize three verses? There they are right there. It says, rejoice always. Oh, always? Pray constantly. Oh, really? How, how are you going to do that? Give thanks in what? All things, yeah. for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yeah. This is a, this is actually a command. Yeah. Well, and I, and I and say, it sounds like I was going to mention that about where it says pray cease, without mm-hmm. ceasing. Mm-hmm. Same idea as mm-hmm. stewing, right? It, it It's not that you're necessarily praying 24 hours a day consciously, right? I don't think right. we could do that. Right, right. But the idea of we don't give up. That's right. D- Doug talked about right. that last Sunday when he preached. We we don't give up. Yeah. And and and, and it, I think it does mean pray on a regular basis daily and in the evening, but it also means don't give up. Yeah. Like like Doug said, you 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 miss a morning with God, you you miss praying. Sometimes I've had experiences where I thought uh, I really blew it. And I've talked about this before. I whether it's that or whether it's a specific sin, I've blown it. I, I better I better work back up <laughs> yeah. toward God. I better yeah. I better show God for a few days you that better, I'm serious about it. Get back I, to even par. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Before I I repent and and Doug's point was you know don't give up yeah. and repent quickly. Amen. And um and I think that has this idea of that interrupts our praying ceaselessly yeah. or yeah. or or stewing on the word right if we've had that break in our communication with God. It's never a break in our salvation, as we've talked yeah, about, yeah. but it's a break in the communication. It's yeah. it's Jesus telling Peter, you don't need your whole head washed and your body washed. You just need your feet cleaned up once in a while, right? Yeah, You're yeah. already clean, but yeah. the communication, just like it would with, a, with two people, mm-hmm. gets broken, not because of anything on God's side, exactly. but because of what's happened on our side. Mm-hmm. And so the repentance... It, it it restores right. that communication in our relationship and 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 it allows us then to freely go back to quote stewing on and Him. delighting in yeah the Re- word. rejoicing right. and giving thanks right. and yeah that's so good david okay i want to i want to just uh i want to read this story that i uh uh, it's called High School Football Team Helps Rebuild Indiana Bridge Destroyed in the Storm now High school football. It's Friday night. You know, a lot of a lot of good stuff. But let me let me read this story. It's kind of short, but it's really good. Without the help of a football team, several parents, and a few Cub Scouts, Todd Hagen would still be stuck at home, unable to leave due to a destroyed wooden bridge. Hagen lives in Switzerland County, Indiana, and on September third, flash flooding caused by heavy rains completely demolished the bridge which is the only connection between his house and a main road. Everybody knows everybody around here, Hagen told the Washington Post. And when his grandson's football coach, Ryan Jessup, learned about what happened, he started calling his players to see if they could help rebuild the bridge on September 5th. About 30 people showed up that day ready to get to work. The outreach of people was just mind-boggling, Hagen said. The crew worked efficiently, removing and replacing the wooden planks of the 60-foot bridge in less than three hours. Jessup estimates it would have taken Hagen a month to do the job on his own. Hagen, who wrote, listen to this, Hagen, who wrote everyone who helped a thank you card and made a donation to the team, told the Post, it was just amazing to see so many people come together, adding, I couldn't be more thankful. Wow. (laughs) 
That's a great story. And those kids will remember that for the rest of their Isn't lives. Isn't that right? Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's a really good story, especially, like you said, in light of all the negativity we hear. Right. And, uh, that, that, I, and I think that stuff doesn't get covered very much. The no, stuff it doesn't. Like what you read. Yeah. And there's probably a lot more of that oh, that goes absolutely. on than, than, than we know about. And uh, does it say how old the gentleman was? Mr. Hagen, uh, I think it? he was in his 80s. Oh, so he's an older guy. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, you're right. I mean, you think about the text, the scripture says he's created good works mm. for us to walk in. And, hey, the news isn't going to cover this stuff because it doesn't cause you to stew, right? Didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't Don Henley or the Eagles write a song about that once called Dirty Laundry? Dirty Laundry. Yeah, really. I do remember that's that song. That's what sells. Yeah, right? exactly. That's what exactly. sells. But the good stuff, that that's really cool. Well, that's thanks for letting story. me share that. Yeah, that's yeah. a great story. And uh, I, I know on Fridays we're trying to occasionally, you know, be have, have a few more things like that. And I know you want to you wanna read things like that on a regular basis. And uh, my, my lighter story is that right before I came, I almost put my – put my eye out with my water pick. So you ever done that? You ever tried to use a water pick and turned it on by accident when you weren't ready and it shoots out? I'm like Ralphie in the Christmas story. That thing, it causes me to choke. It's like your eye out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, I know we're going to take a break in a minute, but uh, I see that our our governor, uh, our governor of Florida, Sent some folks up to your your neck of the woods. Yes, he did. Not that you lived in Martha's Vineyard. No, Vineyard, I did not. I was I, wondering if I could get a free plane ride up there. Yeah, well, that's a whole interesting <laughs> story, isn't it? Whether, however you feel about the issue, I think that the the point is uh, that I know they're trying to make, whether it's the governor of Texas or the governor mm-hmm. of Florida, is that, look, we are especially in Texas, these border towns are being overrun. People have no idea. And they have no idea. Mm -hmm. And so here, we're going to give you a few busloads because you say you're a sanctuary city or area. So, And let's give them a great place to go. Here you go. And uh, the reaction has been interesting. It really has. That's an interesting uh, story. (laughs) Sorry to get off track there. That's all right. And uh, anyway, we are going to take a break for the news here at the bottom of the hour. Glad you're with us on SWAT Radio. Come on back after the news, and we are going to get into Acts chapter 8. SWAT Radio, David Gray and Brad Sykes with you on Friday afternoon here live from Jacksonville, Florida, and wanted to remind you of ways that you can hear us and listen to us. We're thankful to everyone who listens and for the stations that carry us, WMOX and WMER in Meridian, Mississippi, (laughs) WPMH, the Lighthouse in Chesapeake, Virginia, and our local 
stations, uh, WTRJ, The Truth in Jacksonville on 91.7, 91.9 in St. Augustine and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. Remember that uh, you can also hear us on the SWAT Radio app or on SWATradio.com. And, of course, all of our past broadcasts, uh, Brad was talking about uh, encouraging folks to go listen to his conversation with his brother-in-law yesterday and any of our past uh, broadcasts you can hear at SWATradio.com and on the SWAT Radio app. And always, always a shout-out to our buddy James uh, in Idaho who takes care of the website and and uh, puts great summaries out there of each broadcast, often humorous. And uh, we are very thankful for what he does and uh, want to make sure we remember that. So, Brad, we're, we've been <clears throat> talking about uh, an overview of Acts this week, right? Because Doug is getting back into teaching on Acts as the SWAT Bible studies started back up this week. And uh, I know the other day you and I kind of, sort of got up through Chapter <laughs> 7 and we wanted to uh, proceed into Chapter 8 today and uh, and, and give, give that overview. Well, I was going to say, Doug, uh, Doug tasked us with uh, doing 7 and 8. <clears throat> I don't know how well we've done at that, you know. But... Uh, <laughs> If you are part of the SWAT uh, Bible studies, you know that we have uh, we take a break during the summer and then we come back uh, this time of the year. And so we were uh, through the first sixteen verse sixteen chapters of Acts. And so Doug is taking took this week to go from Acts one through Acts eight, and then uh, next week we'll do eight through sixteen, and then the following week we'll pick up in Acts seventeen. But you and I. Uh, finished up on Wednesday talking about the stoning of Stephen uh, kind of at the end of verse of chapter 7 and then as we get into chapter 8 and I, I we'll just do really just a quick run through and then you and I I want to get into talking about specifically uh, the story of the Ethiopian eunuch uh, but the fact is as you look at chapter 8 we're reminded that persecution is a reality uh it's been it's been around for a long time it has always been a reality for the true church and we should expect persecution now i don't know if you can imagine sharing the gospel and making that up front stating hey you want to come to christ uh you're likely going to be persecuted uh jesus said in john 15 the world will hate you because it hates me uh, he he told us that. Now, now, how many of us share that news? Uh, in in chapter sixteen, they will kill you and think they are doing it for good, but they don't know me or the Father. Right. Like we see around the world in the Middle East, and Muslims and Indian Indias and Hindus, uh, a Buddhist. Uh, it's pleasing to their God to kill Christians. Yeah, uh, we, we see this. In fact, in the U.S., we're often persecuted, maybe not physically, but emotionally, financially, uh, by people who don't know Christ. Yeah. And like Doug's been saying recently, while, while we still are not at the point here where we're necessarily going to be dragged into the streets, right? We're we're facing more and more this whole idea of you know wokeism and and um, uh, being canceled or or being hammered on social media or, or like as you, you put it, loss of job or sure. loss of other financial opportunities because of because of faith. And well, I can't imagine that that's going to get any better. I don't think it is. 
but that doesn't keep us from right. doing what we've been commanded to do. If I go back to Acts chapter 3, all the way through 5, the apostles were arrested, flogged, and told not to speak about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we're experiencing. We're not getting arrested or flogged, although there have been. There have been a pastor, a pastor in Canada who was yeah, arrested. Right. And, uh, and so don't, don't be surprised uh, about the fiery ordeals who may, that may come your way. In Chapter 7, of course, Stephen yep. it, it was our first martyr. Yep. And if you follow Jesus and are part of his family, it's going to create both opposition and opportunity. Opposition and opportunity. You will be perse- persecuted and you will proclaim Jesus. You will be persecuted. Saul approved of the persecution that was happening to Stephen, and yet it was a foreshadowing. I think it's interesting. Here Saul is approving of the stoning of Stephen, and yet it's a foreshadowing of his own life. Right, right. And uh, and at this point, to, to the point you made earlier about those that will uh, persecute believers or kill believers and think that they are pleasing God and yeah. doing the right perfect example of paul yeah that's Saul at the time saul was by his own admission later the pharisee of pharisees and he thought that he was doing the right thing he he really believed that Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. really believed that and then and i know i'm maybe getting ahead of things a little bit but this idea of persecution and then opportunity it says here at the beginning of chapter eight that paul is persecuting dragging off men and women committing them to prison and then in verse 4, now those who were scattered yeah. went about <clears throat> preaching the word. The yeah. idea that the persecution is part of, you know, God allows that. He's not the author of it, but he allows it. And it's it's the plan is that the, those that are persecuted and therefore scattered are going to spread the gospel. Well, you just go back to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. Not right here. Yes, there, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, you and I, we get very comfortable where we are. We don't really like change. But listen, if we're not willing to go across the street or across the city or across the state or across the country or around the world, I believe God's going to make something happen that's going to force us to do that. And that's what happens. And, and the reality is this isn't, you know, people don't hear this in a good way. Persecution is good for the church. <laughs> How does that sit with you? Hmm. You know, Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 6, we see that. Right. That persecution. Talk to those in China, the, the underground church. Hmm. You talk about a, a growing movement. You think we have the fastest growing churches? Not a chance. Right. Uh, the persecuted church is growing. And uh, and that's where you'll find out how serious you are about your commitment. And to your point, verse 1, all were scattered except for the apostles. Verse 2, these are devout men. They made great great lamentations over the death of Stephen. And in verse 3, Saul is ravaging the church. He's throwing people in prison. It's like a wild animal killing, tearing apart a, a, a body. That's the idea of ravaging. This isn't, hey, we're going to just put you in cuffs. They are brutally uh, persecuting yeah. these people. Yeah. And so what does that do? It, it, it's an opportunity to proclaim Jesus. Uh, it, 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 we're proclaiming Messiah and his word, and those scattered were preaching. They were preaching the good news. What is it? Euangelion. Euangelion. Yeah. 
Um, you know, so this was really a fulfillment, as I said, of Acts chapter one, verse eight, where Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses. What are, are we witnessing? And if not, what does God need to do to get us doing that? Mm. You know, and in this case, it was the stoning of Stephen, the first martyr. And that really moved people out. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes it's fear that might move you out. But he's going to move you where he wants you. Right, right. Well, I think that's a natural reaction that these people would have had. I to to, to be somewhat fearful, even though they yes. were trusting God. Yeah. I mean, I think that. But but the point being that that dispersion, you know, here here Paul is, and and remember, who's behind all of this is Satan, right? The persecution totally. of believers. It says that <clears throat> I, I I've talked about this before, and I won't get too deeply into this, but that. That passage in Revelation, I think it's Revelation 12, that summarizes the history of God's plan of salvation. Mm-hmm. And, and it talks about Satan as the great dragon right. waiting before the woman mm-hmm. for the child to be born, meaning Jesus. But God snatched him up to heaven, meaning God protected him. Right. And it says later on that Satan was the dragon was enraged and went off to make war against the offspring of the woman, meaning the offspring of the church community. That, yeah. yeah. And, and so if he can't, it's like anything else that you think about a kidnap and a ransom situation. If you can't get at the person that you really hate, what do you do? You kidnap one of their kids or, right. or whatever right. it is. Mm. And if Satan, Satan knows he can't get at Jesus, he lost that. Yeah. So who's he going to go after the yeah. ones Jesus loves? Yeah. And, and this idea that he thinks, or Paul thought in this case, he was doing the right thing by persecuting and killing Christians. What was really happening? Yeah, yeah. The God, God is—it's God's plan. It's God's control. God is is spreading the gospel. Amen. So. Amen. And anyway, I know we're going to take a break here in a minute. But in verse five of chapter eight, one of those who who was scattered was Philip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he became an evangelist. He went forty miles north of Jerusalem to Samaria, uh, where. Of course, we, we know the woman at the well from Jesus' first uh, revealing himself to her. Uh, th- this is this idea that – have you ever been around you – know, I call it a holy huddle. It's all your closest friends. They all know Jesus. we got to get out of those huddles. Yeah. We, we, we need to be scattered, and Philip is the one scattered. And if you look at what happens – it says in verse 6, they paid attention to what was being said. Unclean spirits were called out of many in verse 7. Many who were paralyzed were healed. Verse 8, there was much joy in that city. It, it, joy is the fruit of salvation. And my question, just as we close out here this segment, is are you being persecuted? How are you responding to that? And are you seeing obstacles or are you seeing opportunities? Mm. Yeah. Because it's it's one of the others, right. and most of the time, I'm seeing obstacles. I'm complaining. I'm gr- I'm grumbling, as opposed to saying, "Okay, God, you've moved me here for a purpose." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think back, and it's sometimes in hindsight, it's easy to see that, and then and then and then use that to hopefully strengthen our trust as we go forward. I Amen. Mean, I look at. Did I ever think 23 years ago, 24 years ago, that I'd live and my kids would be brought up in Jacksonville, Florida? No. 
But now I look at it and I can't imagine not being here and not having the relationships that I have. So, exactly. Anyway, we are going to take our last break. Glad you're with us. Come back after the break here on SWAT Radio, and we will talk about briefly about Simon the Magician yes. and then about Philip and the Ethiopian. Come right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life, there's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel low. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes. Doug McCary is off today. And we are looking at Acts chapter 8 from kind of an overview perspective, but want to get a little bit more detailed here as we uh, move on to the uh, part of the chapter that especially talks about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah, I want to get to that before we do, and I'll just real quickly, because chapter 8 is, man, there's 40 verses in here. It'd be very difficult for us to really work through it. But from Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 25, you see this this false conversion, Simon's false conversion. And this was not uncommon then, just as it's really not uncommon today. False converts, apostates then were people like Judas, Simon, Demas, and then you got false converts today. Uh, Braun Clifford, Chuck Templeton. You got deconstructionists going on, Josh Harris, Abraham Piper, uh, Paul Maxwell. And we could, there's a list of those kind of people that happens. But God reveals four barriers to true conversion. I'm just going to highlight these four barriers. Pursuing So the false converts care more about pursuing personal glory rather than God's glory. False converts care more about following the ways of the world rather than the ways of God. They also tend to seek fame and influence. We saw that in Simon, rather than a renewed heart. And then finally... False converts tend to care more about avoiding painful consequences, which which we just touched on, rather than avoiding painful, rather than following Jesus and knowing God. And in fact, those those verses there are really important for us to look at, to examine our own hearts, 
that uh, that we are truly seeking God's glory, that we are truly seeking God's ways. We want a renewed heart, and we want to follow Jesus. We want to know the Lord. But I want to get to this text, uh, Acts chapter 8, 26 through 40. If you will read it, David, then let's just kind of work the way we did through it. Uh, through our passage last sure. week, if you would. Great passage, uh, Acts chapter 8, verse starting in 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and was returning, seated in his chariot, and was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join his chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus. As he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. May God bless the reading of his word. I love that passage. Wow, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> there really is. And, and just to kind of follow the template that you and I established last week. So as as we're reading through this passage, and again, our time together here on Fridays, even though we kind of got a little carried away in some other, other things, the, the template is as you're listening to David and I, the goal really is to show is to let let you kind of get a glimpse into what it should look like as we are discipling others. I mentioned this last week. You don't need to be a Bible scholar to disciple someone. It's not always a student, uh, you know, a teacher-student relationship, mentor-mentee relationship, although many times it is. Um, You know, I was sharing yesterday that my brother-in-law, who was our guest yesterday, really discipled me. He invited me to something i surrendered to christ and then he invested in me and there should be an invitation for people but we can't just leave them be mm. and i think what right. you see in this text is philip obviously led by the spirit obedient to the to the spirit's leading because one of the questions that we ask when we're discipling another brother is as you read through this passage there's four questions we're looking for. Number one, what is one thing that stands out in this passage? What What is it for you, David? 
Well, that's hard for me to pick because yeah, exactly. there's a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, Philip being carried away, it's hard not to because that's kind of sensational. Yeah, exactly. He got beamed up. Yeah, exactly. Um, Beam me up, Scotty. But, but I think you, I think. Well, I'm going to make it one A and one B. Philip's obedience, I think his his boldness and his obedience. But then, just as an aside, this reminds me. The eunuch reminds me of Cornelius. Yes, when Peter yes. went to Cornelius. Yes. God's concern for the Gentiles and his intent to take the gospel to the Gentiles. I think those things jump out That's at me. That's good. Yeah, I, I think for me, uh, same, you know, is that it says in verse 30, so Philip ran mm. to him. I don't know why. That's just what's standing out to me. And uh, and so often I may feel the prompting of the Spirit to go do something but I seldom run. Yeah. And let's think about the context. Philip may have been, it may have been a little intimidating. Sure. Here's somebody probably very different from him. Yeah. On a chariot, an official of a queen, a high-ranking official apparently of a queen, and he's running over to the chariot. Can you just picture him <laughs> running over? Hey, wait up. You know, let me get your attention. I, you're right. That really is striking. How faithful yeah. Philip was. I think yeah. that's the, the 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 word for me is Philip mm. was faithful. Yeah, and I never I don't know that I really thought about it like that. You know, when you think about the eunuch and his role. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Man, he would have been an intimidating figure. Sure. I would imagine. Sure. And the fact yeah. that he's up high, raised up on right. a chariot, he's reading. He's probably dressed. In an official capacity or yeah. different from Philip anyway. Philip probably smelled bad. You know, <laughs> yeah. He probably had to jump up in that chariot. All right, number two, who do you most identify with in this passage? Yeah, I think I, I think it has to be the Ethiopian from the standpoint of I've needed plenty of teaching oh, in my amen. life and um, needed people to explain things to me. So I guess at different times you could identify with both, but ma- mainly mainly the Ethiopian. Yeah, that's the same way other than I'm not a chariot, but yeah. – uh, yeah, I, I think about the importance of having a Philip in your life. Right. Uh, we've talked about the importance of Paul to Timothy. Right. Uh, you 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 could name uh, probably a few men who have had a major impact in your life where you were like, "Hey, help me get this. Help me understand this." Yeah. And I think that's most of us who are either in this studio or outside this studio where we we come across something in the scriptures, and it's good to have somebody there Absolutely. that you can call. If you don't have that. Go to SWATradio.com. Come join one of our Bible studies in person. Number three, what does this passage say about God and or people? Yeah, I, I going back to what we said about God's intent to take the gospel to the Gentiles, um, and you mentioned earlier God's created good works for us to do in advance. This was a divine appointment. Yes. God's timing and his setting up of divine appointments that from the beginning of time, before the earth was ever created, God had this appointment planned for Philip and the Ethiopian. And and in the same way, when we have these kind of appointments, if you will, they're no less important to yeah. God. He planned it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough for us to think of it that way. We think of this as, wow, what a this is a major event. This would be like presidential almost right mm-hmm. or and 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 anything that we have doesn't compare with this yeah, yeah. but it does yeah I, I was thinking about how cool is it that <clears throat> god didn't need philip to do this he 
he allowed by his grace, and as you said, his sovereign purposes and will to allow Philip to come alongside and be the broken vessel by which he brought the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch and how you and I and those listening have that same joy and the same privilege. God doesn't need us, but he allows us to co-labor and partner with him in the gospel. And this is a bad analogy, but think about you with your own kids or with your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. You do plenty of things where you don't need them to come along and help you. Yeah. But how much do they love it? Uh, when they get to do that, completely, right? And that's, completely. I think, you know, what God does with us. Well, one other thing, I know we've got just, we're about to finish up. And so I know we ran through this kind of quick, but this kind of gives a quick snapshot and we'll do the same thing again next week. But the final question here really is kind of the, so what? Okay. So we, we get the story, but how does this passage change the way you live? How should this passage change the way you live? Yeah. For me, it's be ready, hmm. be ready. Philip, God gave Philip this opportunity. Be obedient and be ready. He told yeah. him what to do. Philip was ready. And I love the pa- in the passage when it says, the eunuch explained to him what he was reading. And then it says, and then Philip opened his mouth. Amen. That's interesting language. He opened his mouth. Be ready to open my mouth is, is what I get from So it. good. Yeah. Well, in fact, not only Philip. Yeah, Philip. I love that. Be ready. And, and then obey. Yeah. I think it's interesting as you look at this Ethiopian eunuch. Do you know right there in the very beginning, he puts fruit on display? Mm. He literally, as they're going, hey, there's a puddle of water. Is there any reason I wouldn't get baptized right now? Yeah. Maybe there's people out there today who've been, quote, walking with the Lord, but they've never been obedient to baptism. Mm-hmm. Let me challenge you. This Ethiopian eunuch said, let's do it now. What's holding you back? Today is the day. Today is the day. David, always such fun. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned. I think next time we won't have the uh, overview necessarily to have to get through, and we'll be able to just get right into the text. Amen. Amen. Everybody, glad you've been with us. Have a great weekend. Come back on Monday. Doug will be back on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual